uh, it just made me say like, oh, grandma, will you please shut up? I'm trying to use my VR goggles. Like, you dumb bitch. Like, I have a bidet. I don't care about your toilet story. It is unrelatable. God, I hate old people so much. Oh, man. Okay, I think that's uh, most of my time. <laughs> um... I, uh, I have a friend who does uh, um, burlesque, and I was talking to her about this recently. I said, oh, burlesque, isn't that, that's kind of like stripping, isn't that? Uh, and she said, no, it's very different because... Se alerta ese vato, no se vaya al rol Porque va a empezar al rato el piano del cantón Porque va a empezar al rato el marihuana boogie boy Se llama Juana, 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 Juana Pero ya todos los vatos le dicen marihuana Mari, marihuana, cómo te quiero yo Ese buggy me siento volador. Pégale bute esas teclas, ya estoy aviador. Pégale bute esas teclas, que ya estoy This is the B. This is 
December the 30th from 10 to 12 noon, The Labor and Love Show. Started out with Lalo Guerrero, of course. This next coming up year will be the first time marijuana has been legal for recreational use in California for many, many, many years. It's been a long and hard struggle. Today what we're doing is uh, counting down the top 15 songs that ever I've played this year on uh, on Labor and Love Radio. And we started that out with Lalo Guerrero and his uh, Marijuana Boogie. Okay.
sailing day Pay me my money down Pay me, pay me Pay me my money down Pay me or go to jail Pay me my money down
And good morning to you mutineers. This is the Labor and Love Show. I'm the bee coming at you from 2781 21st Street or on the internet at mutinyradio.fm. Just like every Saturday morning, we're running down the labor beat for you. Labor news, opinion, commentary, and history by foreign and about working class people. And as we always tell you, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table where you work, the negotiating table that is, you're probably on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Well, good morning, everybody. It's the December 30th Labor and Love edition. And today we're highlighting the music we played over the years on this Labor and Love show. So you heard three songs there right at the very beginning of the show that all have like 20 plays. Heard the Marijuana Boogie by Lalo Guerrero, which actually is the most played song. I used to play it every every time I had a uh, an 11 o'clock pause in the show. I would put on Marijuana Boogie by Lalo Guerrero. And as you know, as of next week, Marijuana will be legal. Recreational marijuana will be legal in the state of California. The application of the law as far as dealers, outlets are concerned, is still kind of up in the air. So, it was a long and bitter fight. Uh, Took a lot of energy. I think a lot of energy that might have been better applied elsewhere. But, That was an issue for a lot of people. Then we had Sweet Sue. Played special for a girl named Sue. That's uh, at 20 20 plays. And then we had the boss, Bruce Springsteen, with Pay Me My Money Down. And he had uh, 21 plays with that one. Okay, let's go on a little with some music, then we'll get to some labor news and uh, commentary. Okay, here at 21 Plays, the great Patsy Cline. Sunrise on a tropic isle Just remember, darling, all the while You belong to me See the marketplace and old Algiers Send me photographs and 
Just remember when a dream appears You belong to me I'll be so alone without you Muy valientes, por eso mandan latinos primerito para el frente. Y los ricos se presentan como gente muy patriota, por eso la clase obrera está en Irak calzando botas. Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo, ahí tienen la tele. Como testigo, pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo. Ahí tienen la tele como testigo. Por allá andan presumiendo sus aviones invisibles que sus bombas solo matan a soldados y a civiles. Ah, Chihuahua, ¿cómo está eso? También dicen que sus bombas no se han dirigido mal Han caído en edificios y uno que otro hospital Pero a mí no me crean 
lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele como testigo Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele como testigo Y cuentan que los Hussein son unos hombres muy matones Pero como van las cosas a Bush no le llegan ni a los talones Otros dicen que la ONU se opuso a la invasión No sabiendo esa señora que Bush era su patrón Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele como testigo, pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo. Ahí tienen la tele como testigo. Ay, ay, ay. CNN, Fox News, Univision, todos dicen y dicen, y si lo dicen, por algo lo dicen. Pero a la hora de la hora no sé ni lo que dicen, solo que otros dicen que esta guerra es ilegal. Pero por nosotros ser gabachos, eso no se ve tan mal. Soy jornalero, disque ilegal, pero qué suerte la mía. Si me voy para Irak, Bush me da ciudadanía. En la tumba, en la tumba, ya con esta me despido de esta gran calamidad. Les deseo mucha suerte descubriendo la verdad. Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo. Ahí tienen la tele como testigo. Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo. Ahí tienen la tele. Como testigo la 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 Vámonos At number 6 Nine, that is. Great Nina Simone. They say everything can be replaced. They say every distance is not near.
this lonely crowd Man who says he's not to blame the great Nina Simone. So we're continuing our countdown at number 11. We had You Belong to Me by Miss Patsy Cline. Played that a lot early on in the show when I was just playing um, songs that I liked pretty much. That was followed by Amino Me Crean, Don't Take My Word For It, by Francisco Herrera, hopefully now a candidate for mayor of San Francisco. Francisco is the mayor of San Francisco, an accomplished community organizer and a musician of the first caliber. That would be very interesting. And then we ended it with Dylan's I Shall Be Released, sung by the inimitable Nina Simone, as we've mentioned on this show, a recent inductee into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, stretching. Uh, stretching the definition of rock and roll. Nina Simone with I Shall Be Released. All right, let's get on now to some labor stuff. Here's Radio Labor with their weekly report on the world labor movement. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on December 8th, 2017. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, how businesses can respect human rights, the right-wing tax plan to increase income inequality in the United States, and the Labor Start report about union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. Every year, the United Nations brings together business, government, and union leaders to evaluate progress on the respect for human rights in company activities. The goal is to move the UN's guiding principles on business from paper to practice. At a recent forum held to discuss the guiding principles, Christy Hoffman told the delegates that some progress towards the respect for human rights has been made, but... 
there is much more to be done. Ms. Hoffman is the Deputy General Secretary of Uni Global Union. Uni represents some 20 million workers employed in the skills and services sectors. I began my trade union career nearly 40 years ago as a shop steward in a large factory. And as a shop steward, my job was to represent workers with their complaints, which we called then and still do grievances. I handled thousands of these. On the grievance form, there are two lines. The first one asks for the violation. And the second one, more important, far more important, remedy requested. Well, the job of the union was always then and still today to obtain a remedy to the, main, to the many problems workers confront in the world. It is not enough to identify the violations of our human rights. There must also be a remedy. But awareness of the guiding principles, voluntary steps, and soft law have not been enough. There is a big gap between talk and action, between policy and progress. Remedy is all too rare. We still have 11% of the world's children at work, and progress has stalled for those between 5 and 11. There are more people in modern slavery than ever before, and, the, and respect for the fundamental enabling right of freedom of association has actually declined over the past five years, as measured by Vigeo Iris. This comes as no surprise to me and my colleagues, because this is the message we hear from unions and workers every day. So what can we do? We know from decades of workplace audits that voluntary steps do not get the job done. Already, our benchmark programs show that almost all companies are well below a passing score. This session is intended as a call to action, and delegates, more action is required in order to deliver on the promise of the guiding principles. To businesses, we say, recognize unions at your places of work and throughout your supply chain. Engage in collective bargaining in order to address inequality, in order to provide a fair and decent conditions to your employees. You and your suppliers should pay a living wage at a minimum and offer safe workplaces. You should also sign binding agreements with global unions, such as the Bangladesh Accord, or global agreements which address freedom of association and other fundamental rights. More than 100 companies have already done so. If you are a global company, you need a global counterpart as part of your due diligence, as part of your commitment to human rights. To governments, yes, legislate, reporting, and transparency, these are good steps, but it is not enough to know about the problem and measure it. There must be legally imposed remedies for violations of human rights, and businesses must assume their responsibility through a binding framework, as they have already done for so many other norms, for example, anti-corruption and anti-discrimination. We ask that you do four things in order to secure respect for human rights by businesses. Pass legislation to mandate due diligence and supply chain transparency. Take legal and administrative steps to allow for access to effective remedy within your borders, including for company operations abroad. Support an ILO supply chain convention to guarantee labor rights across the footprint. And lastly, but not least, support a binding UN treaty on transnational corporations. Now you may say that these are good aspirations but not practical in today's modern economy. 
And I say, yes, these are aspirational, but they are also attainable. We must be the best we can be. Those of us in this room are among the best informed in the world about business responsibility for human rights. So we should now make it happen. In the United States, labor unions are fighting plans by the ruling right-wing Republican Party to dramatically cut tax rates for corporations. Both the Senate and the House of Representatives have agreed to plans which will cut the official corporate tax rate from 35 to 20 percent, while increasing taxes for the middle class and the poor. Richard Trunka is the president of the AFL-CIO, the largest labor federation in the U.S. It is the great con. Any tax plan that's going to be good for working people should do three basic things. One, corporations, Wall Street, and the rich should pay their fair share. Two, it should create enough revenue that will create jobs and invest so that we can invest in infrastructure and education to meet the needs of working people in our communities. And three, it should destroy all incentives to offshore jobs and profits. This tax plan fails miserably on all three of those things. They increased the rate on the people at the bottom from 10 to 12 percent. They decreased the rate for all the people at the top. There simply is no evidence in theory or in fact to support the notion that cutting rates actually increases growth. Let me use Boeing. From 2002 to 2016, Boeing's effective rate was 3%. Now, it doesn't get any better than that. Corporate America has three years of record profits. So it's not a tax code holding them back. This is the great con. They're going to give more to the rich and the corporations, and the people in the middle and the bottom are going to end up paying for it. That is bad for the country, bad for the economy, and truly bad for workers. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labor Stork correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the average of 240 news stories added to our site each day last week. Our top stories section included links to coverage of a call for unions to do more to fight gender-based violence in their own ranks, the news that one of our solidarity actions has had an effect and that a Libyan trade unionist is free to continue her work, and new restrictions on the right to strike in Australia that are amongst the worst in the world. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Dockers at a huge new port in Sri Lanka were locked out. Airline pilots in Mexico held a partial strike to support their bargaining committee's position. Dockers used cars and bicycles to blockade an Australian port. Garment workers in Cambodia left work to protest their lack of legally required time off work. Mexican workers continued to blockade a mine in an effort to force their employer to recognize the independent union of their choice. Sugar workers in Iran launched a work stoppage and protest rallies after four months of work with no pay. And university lecturers in Cameroon ended their strike when their employer agreed to return to the bargaining table. Our top working women stories included coverage of a decision by Ethiopian unions to prioritize women's workplace rights, the progress of the Zambian Union campaign against gender-based violence, a conference on unions in the lives of women workers in Southeast Asia, 
and a comparison of the lives lived by Bangladeshi women garment workers today and those of women in the unionized garment industry of the United States. The Health and Safety Newswire, we run in cooperation with Hazards Magazine, carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the March on Parliament by South African ambulance workers who were demanding military protection, how much safer American hotel room attendants are when provided with panic alarms, and about the legal action taken by British unions to protect construction industry safety activists from being blacklisted by their employers. Currently, Labor Start is running five online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. And that's it. International labor news you can use. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. That's Radio Labor. This is Solidarity News. Starting to come back at us again. Radio Labor, news from the labor movement around the world. Commentary by Jeremy Corbyn and uh, Noam Chomsky about unions. Radio Labor. So what happened to labor in 2017? We've got an article here on Labor Notes. Turning Lemons into Lemonade. And I'll just uh, summarize it. If there's one lesson labor can draw from the events of 2017, it's this. To survive and grow in the face of a nationally coordinated employer offensive, we'll have to use the attacks against us as organizing opportunities. Everywhere you look, Workers are either on the defensive or just plain getting crushed. Take anti-union right-to-work laws, which weaken union strength and budgets by giving workers covered by union contracts a short-term financial incentive to opt out of membership. Since Kentucky fell in January, the entire South is right-to-work. A total of 27 states. The silver lining of this attack is that dose of energy union members got by fighting it off. It's already changed the local, said Robert W. Schuler II, a forge operator and president of IUECWA Local 86821 in Centralia, Missouri. February law put Missouri on track to become number 28 until unionists blocked it from going into effect by collecting an astounding 310,567 signatures for repeal. The question will appear before voters on the November 2018 ballot. Here's an example 
unlike in Wisconsin, when the law was decimated and decimated public sector membership, Iowa unions so far are gamely clearing the hurdles. This fall saw the first two rounds of elections where 462 of 494 affected locals won their recertification votes. 29,552 people voted to stay union and 651 against. So these attacks are going to come and we have to be ready for them, especially if the uh, Janus case is sustained by the Supreme Court. That would make it uh, illegal for public sector unions to collect uh, even diminished union dues for what they're required to do legally. That's the bottom line of it. It's the big ripoff is that unions are forced to cover people and represent them in court and to take up their grievances. But they're not allowed to collect money for that assigned duty. Okay, we were talking last week about workers at Disney. Workers at Disney in Florida are striking or negotiating for a $15 an hour raise. At the present time, they make 10 beginning workers. Here are 15 rules. Okay, 15 rules that Disney employees are not allowed to say. I mean, what would that be, right? supposed to be the magic kingdom so I guess you're supposed to be a magic person <laughs> um, Okay, Disney workers. 15 things Disney workers. Disney employees, for example, aren't allowed to say, I don't know. They undergo in-depth training so that I don't know is never a Disney response. Instead, they radio around until the exact knowledge is discovered. You're a cast member instead of an employee. That's number two. Very convincing. You can never break character while at work. Each cast member has to train in the exact ways of their character, learning to sign the autograph of their character, along with their personality, voice, and preferences, amid many other things. Cast members cannot point with one finger. This is because some cultures find one finger point offensive, while a two finger point also makes the indication more obvious for children to see. They have to pick up trash in a very specific manner. Each time a cast member sees a piece of trash in the Magic Kingdom, they are required to pick it up. However, they aren't allowed to bend over. 
Instead, they have to do a graceful swoop to collect it. Huh. You audition for your role and you have to look the exact part. Cast members have to fit their roles precisely. Accordingly, most princesses range between 5'4 and 5'8. The audition process is apparently very tough. Number seven, no social media allowed. Cast members at the Magic Kingdom are not allowed to post any social media about their work or even talk about their character outside of work. In fact, they're not even allowed to reveal what character they play. Seems a little intense, doesn't it? The hair regulations are crazy. You cannot have shaved eyebrows. They're very strict about that. Other hair regulations include the male cast members can't have their can't have hair that goes over their shirt collars or ears, while females have to keep their hair very neat. And while they are allowed braids, they can't have any beads. Number nine, you must be practically perfect in every way. Once you've made it through the difficult audition process, there's some last-minute rules that are quite ruthless. You can never frown. You must also maintain perfect posture at all times and are not allowed to check your phone. Oh, got tattoos or body piercings? You're out. Disneyland cast members cannot have tattoos, large ear piercings, body piercings, or any other form of body modification. You can wear glasses, but they have to be of a certain type. Glasses are allowed, but they have to be of a perfectly boring type in order that they don't take any attention away from the theme. You can't have brands or strange colors at all. Twelve, they have coded language when children puke. When children throw up, cast members aren't allowed to have a negative response or even refer to it by normal names. It used to be referred to as a protein spill, but now it goes by code five. Imagine this now. This is the uh, perfect American town as vision envisioned by one of America's true visionaries. This is what he wanted it to be like. Nicknames. Walt liked to be known as just that. Wait, that's why cast members have name tags that only refer to their first names. If your name is the same as another member, you have to choose another one. Number 14, there are conservative rules around your nails. Women aren't allowed to wear nail polish and their fingernails cannot extend more than a quarter inch beyond their fingertips. While men can't have nails that extend beyond their fingertip whatsoever. And finally, Disney is very strict about facial hair. For men, the rules about facial hair are pretty restrictive. Beards are allowed but they have to be fully grown and cannot be shaped. 
On the other hand, if you have a mustache, it has to be carefully and constantly groomed. Can't reach over the lip or extend further than each corner of the mouth. So, Disneyland, for 10 bucks an hour, they're asking a lot, aren't they? Quite a bit for $10 an hour. This is the Labor and Love Show, and you're listening to Mutiny Radio now with 22 plays on the Labor and Love Show. You ain't going. Hope you're having fun tonight, Bob. We love you. I'd like to introduce three brilliant young women making a great contribution to this generation of music. Great songwriter performers. Please make welcome Sean Colvin, Mary Chapin Carpenter, and Roseanne Cash.
the sweetest trumpet this side of heaven counting down now at number nine we had uh, you ain't going nowhere with mary carpenter and roseanne cash um then at number 20 number uh 10 the West End uh, In the Mood by Glenn Miller and his orchestra, one that I used to play a lot before. A lot of these songs are songs that I played just because I liked them before I really got a sense of this show as a, a part of the labor movement. So if we did another, say, the ones I did in the last six months, there'd be a lot more labor songs. But this is fine. We're ringing in the new year. Hopefully things are going to be better this year than they were. Can't get much worse, huh? Um, so, uh, in the mood, West End Blues. West End Blues, the sweetest trumpet this side of heaven. Louis Armstrong. Okay, I want to... Um, I want to find, I want to uh, play something now today, sort of leave off our path of uh, playing songs that, um, as far as a countdown, um, I want to play something about the Calumet Massacre. Well, let's, let's play it. Let's take a little break here. It's around uh, 11 a.m., Saturday morning, Labor and Love. Thank you. 
Back now with Labor and Love, a little uh, Miles Davis there. Spice everything up. This is the story of the massacre, the Calumet Massacre. And uh, it was a situation in 1913 in Michigan where about 500 workers had rented a hall upstairs hall and uh, they were in the midst of a bitter strike and um, company goons came and set fire to the place and then barred the doors so people couldn't get out let's listen to Woody Guthrie and then we'll talk a little bit more about it of course no one was ever uh, accused of the murder with me in 1913 to Calumet, Michigan in the copper country I'll take you to a place called Italian Hall and the miners are having their big Christmas ball I'll take you in a door and up a high stairs Singing and dancing is heard everywhere I'll let you shake hands with the people you see And watch the kids dance round the big Christmas tree You ask about work and you ask about pay They'll tell you they make less than a dollar a day Working their copper claim, risking their lives So it's fun to spend Christmas with children and wives There's talking and laughing and songs in the air And the spirit of Christmas is there everywhere Before you know it, you're friends with us all And you're dancing Well, a little girl sits down by the Christmas tree lights To play the piano, so you gotta keep quiet Hear all this fun, you would not realize That the copper boss thug men are milling outside The copper boss thugs stuck their heads in the door One of them yelled and he screamed, there's a fire a lady, she hollered, there's no such a thing Keep on with your party, there's no such a thing A few people rushed and there's only a few It's just the thugs and the scabs fooling you A man grabbed his daughter and he carried her down But the thugs held the door and he could not get out and then others followed a hundred or more But most everybody remained on the floor The gun thugs, they laughed at their murderous joke While the children were smothered on the stairs by the door Such a terrible sight I never did see We carried our children back up to their tree The scabs outside still laughed at their spree and the children that 
died, there was 73. The piano played a slow funeral tune. And the town is lit up by a cold Christmas moon. The parents, they cried, and the miners, they moaned. See what your greed for money has done. Okay, that was Woody Guthrie. And his song about the Calumet Massacre. I'd like to read some uh, accounts of it. Christmas Eve Calumet Massacre. A short history of the biggest mass murder in Michigan history. On, in July 1913... Over 7,000 miners struck the CNH Copper Mining Company in Calumet, Michigan. Strikers' demands included pay raises, an end to child labor, and safer conditions, including an end to one-man drill operations as well as support beams in the mines, which the owners didn't want because support beams were costly, but miners killed in cave-ins quote-unquote, do not cost us anything, the mining company said. Six months without work left many minor families with little food for the holidays and no money for presents. So the ladies' auxiliary of the Western Federation of Miners held a Christmas party for kids, for the kids, 500 children and 200 adults showed up that day. Christmas Eve 1913. It was held on the second floor of Calumet's Italian Hall. The only way in and out was a very steep stairway. As darkness fell and people began to go home to their family celebration, some of the children gathered around the stage as presents were passed out. For many, it would be the only gift they'd receive this year. In the middle of this festive celebration, a man wearing a badge called, labeled Citizens Alliance, an anti-strike group organized by employers, opened the door at the bottom of the staircase and yelled, fire. Chaos ensued. As everyone headed down the stairs to the exit, the door was blocked from the outside and children and adults were trampled under, then suffocated by the throng of bodies trying to escape the fire, which didn't actually exist. Children on the bottom of the pile suffocated from the weight of the bodies piled atop them, and people struggling to escape stepped on those who had fallen. A woman who realized she was going to die lifted her baby over her head. The baby was found alive, clutched in his dead mother's hands. And all 73 people, including 59 children, died. Most of them Finnish migrants. The youngest was Rafael Lesar, 2.5 years old. The oldest was Kate Pateri, 66 years old. Some families lost all their children. Who One family buried three daughters. 11, 9, and 7. 
Their little crosses are lined up in a row over graves in a cemetery west of Calumet. The couplets who yelled into the hall that day to start the tragedy were never identified, but it is widely suspected that it was allies of mine management or the owners who did so to disrupt the miners' party. Nobody was ever prosecuted or even arrested for causing the massacre. It is always thus. Those with money and power control the narrative, silence the truth, and thwart justice. And ain't you getting tired of it? I mean, come on, everybody. Let's get mad about this stuff. Partly because a lot of miners left Calumet behind, behind after this tragedy, the strike didn't achieve its demands. However, it was considered a turning point for union strength in Michigan's copper country. And we just heard Woody Guthrie's song, War on Workers. Christmas Eve Calumet. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, labor and love goes on. We've got number seven. Run, run, a man named Bill. Tuesday's just as bad 
They call it Stormy Monday But Tuesday's just as bad Wednesday's worse And Thursday's also sad on Friday and Saturday I go out to play Eagle flies on Friday and Saturday I go out to play Sunday I go to church Then I kneel down and pray Something nasty crossed my eye The earth that fed me in California Was turning cracked and dry New Zealand ferns are always green It rains more there than it should I looked to the cloud that was raining on me And said, go, you can do some good Clouds stop crying and wasting time And fly across the sky Spread a lot of rain, sweet rain, spread a lot of rain on California I don't want to see her die Met a guy from San Francisco in a railway ticket line He said the Grateful Dead was alive and well, but the weather wasn't so fine Nobody had a garden, nothing lived but weeds The earth looked like some kind of feverish person who'd caught a strange disease. He said the reservoirs are empty, cattle dying too. 
Every tongue is reaching out to sip the morning dew And they say the fields and valleys are turning green to brown That the farmers walk a dry and dusty mile in every farm in town Clouds stop crying and wasting time and fly across the sky and spread a lot of rain, sweet rain, spread a lot of rain on California. I don't want to see her die. I stared up to the diamond stars one cashmere night. Black velvet sky and a raging river was no other sound or sight. The Big Dipper hung up above the river and I felt that it was a shame. All this water here in California dry, I said to the Dipper by name. Reach down and kiss that raging river and fly across the sky. Spread a lot of rain, sweet rain, spread a lot of rain on California. I don't want to see her die. People and the animals like to gather where water flows. A beer, some tea, or a water hole, it's there where something grows. And remember the music water makes, the rainy pool and the circle dance. The thunder of the ocean and the waterfall, the laughing creek that feeds the plants. Now the fields are green again, beauty has returned. Tragedies continue to show what we still got to learn. Can't waste away the ocean, water, air, or land. If we upset this sacred ground, we won't have any place to stand. So reach down and kiss the raging river and fly across the sky. And spread a lot of rain, sweet rain, spread a lot of rain on California. I don't want to see her spread a lot of rain, sweet rain, spread a lot of rain on California. I don't want to see her die. Brother Charlie Morgan there with our number three song on our countdown of the most played songs. I think what I'll do next week is uh, do 30 down to 16. The songs here are representative of the entire show, Labor and Love, since it began in years ago, three, four years ago. A lot of the songs are just really nice music that I wanted to hear until I moved the theme of the show closer to a labor show. So, Charlie Morgan at number three with 43 plays. Before that, T-Bone Walker with Tuesday's Just As Bad, essentially the Stormy Monday Blues, the... Uh, Working Class Blues. And before that, The Do Run Run by The Crystals. 
38 plays. I guess I played it a lot to celebrate my own <laughs> my own name. And here's number two, which for a long time was the theme song of this show. Now we don't really have John is in the basement mixing up the medicine. I'm on the pavement thinking about the government. The man in a trench coat batch out laid off. Says he's got a bad cough, wants to get it paid off. Look out, kid, it's something you did. God knows when, but you're doing it again. You better duck down the alleyway looking for a new friend. The man in a coonskin cap in a pig pen wants $11 bills. You only got 10. Maggie comes fleet foot, face full of black soot, talking at the heat, put plants in the bed, but the phone's tapped anyway. Maggie says the many say they must bust an early man, orders from the DA. Look out, kid, don't matter what you did, but walk on your tiptoes, don't tie no bows, better stay away from those who care around a fire hose. Keep a clean nose, wash your clean clothes, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. Okay, that was, uh, of course, Bob Dylan with the Subterranean Homesick Blues at 44 plays, at 45 plays. That's our number three song. And uh, we'll get on to the last two in a minute. Let's talk about this day in labor history. On this day in labor history, a man named Guy Debord was born. Guy Debord was a revolutionary. Uh, According here in WikiLeaks, a French Marxist theorist, philosopher, filmmaker, member of the Leftist International, founder of a letterist faction, and founding member of Situationist International. And the board's contribution was to examine the ways that we are disempowered and what he, he called it the society of the spectacle. His most famous book is The Society of the Spectacle. And if you go to the Libcom, Libertarian Communism, Libcom website, 
You can read it. It's short, but it identifies one of the ways that capitalism keeps people in line is by presenting endless spectacles. Um, and so the situation, the society of the spectacle, the situationists began to formulate their theory of the spectacle, which explained the nature of the late of late capitalism's historical display. In De Board's terms, situationists defined the spectacle as an assemblage of social relations transmitted via the imagery of class power and as a period of capitalist development wherein all that once lived has moved into representation. So we watch movies, we watch things on TV, we talk on the phone. Um, with this theory, and the SI would go on to play an influential role in the revolts of May 1968 in France. So uh, looking at the revolution as a project to as an artistic project almost, as a work of art, Um, so, this is De Board's national treasure. One, one uh, minister of culture said the ministry declared that this has been one of the most important contemporary thinkers with a capital place in the history of ideas from the second half of the 20th century. De Board once called his book The Society of the Spectacle most important book of the 20th century. Um, so, De Board was deeply distressed by the hegemony of governments and media over everyday life through mass production and consumption. He criticized both the capitalism of the West and the dictatorial communism of the Eastern Bloc for the lack of autonomy allowed to individuals. Um, a philosopher of alienation, perhaps, uh, Guy Debord. But do, look for the book. Uh, you can find it at the, uh, like I said, the Libcom, Libcom website. Okay, we're down to our last two songs, and probably everyone knows what the last one is. So let's jump in here and play something else, and we'll play our last two songs later near the end of the, of the show. Pharaoh Sanders. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Creator does have a master plan. Peace and happiness for every man. Mention while we start playing uh, 
creator has a master plan, a fundraiser, a local musician named Mr. Brandy, who plays piano out of his van for a living on Valencia Street in Haight-Ashbury. He also lives in the van and lives to play music for the people of San Francisco. Mr. Brandy has been hospitalized, injured and hospitalized and cannot play to earn a living right now. He needs your help. Fundraiser for is online for two more days. A link for donations on Instagram and Facebook. Mutiny Radio. Thank you. At M. Brandyland. M.R. Brandyland. So that's M-R-B-R-A-N-D-Y-L-A-N-D. Greatest artists are often those who do it only for love.
The Creator Has a Master Plan by uh, Brooklyn Funk. Of course, uh, the version of it by Pharaoh Sanders is is uh, the traditional one. Just couldn't find that when I went looking for it. On New Year's Day this year, many low-wage workers will celebrate with a raise. This is on the NPR website. As midnight strikes on New Year's Eve, many minimum wage workers will have an extra reason to celebrate. They'll be getting a raise. In 18 states and 20 localities, lawmakers are forcing up the minimum wage on January 1st. For years, a large number of state and local governments have been driving up wages in response to federal inaction. Congress has kept the federal minimum wage at $7.25 an hour since 2009. <clears throat> Let's just hesitate here. $7.25 an hour. You work an eight-hour day, that's $58 per day. Say so you work a five-day week. a day times five, $290 per week. $290 a week. That's a thousand, about $1,100 a month. And apartments are going for thousands. You can't live on 1100 a month. That's the minimum wage. If lawmakers had adjusted the wage to match inflation, it would be about 850 Not much better, huh? Uh, $68 instead of 58 that's an extra $50 a week times four, say. That's an extra $200. As of New Year's Day, workers in the following states can expect a round of raises. Alaska, Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Hawaii, Maine, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Vermont, and Washington. These states already meet or exceed the minimum wage, so these new raises will push up the bottom even higher. For example, in Ohio, the state minimum wage is eight fifteen an hour. After January 1st, it will be eight thirty. So that's good news for working people. Uh, good news on New Year's Day. And one last one here. This is on the Portside website. Extreme poverty returns to America. UN study finds growing numbers of Americans are living in the most impoverished circumstances. The growth of the extreme poverty in the land of plenty is an indicator that we shouldn't be talking about how to slash spending on social programs 
but how to expand services and better meet the needs of the vulnerable among us. One and a half million Americans live in extreme poverty today, American households, nearly twice as many as 20 years ago. Finish all your food, my mother used to tell me. There's a child in Africa who would love to have that food on your plate. It was an effective disciplinary approach, especially because my family is from Africa. The woman's name is Pramila Nadison, who's writing. But my experience is not unique. Images of poverty in the third world then and now permeate American society, reassuring us about our country's ostensible democratic promise and potential for upward mobility. What economists call extreme poverty, most Americans think, is a distant problem, a hallmark of the less developed world. Philip Alston, the United Nations Special Reporter on Extreme Poverty and Human Rights, has just wrapped up a 15-day tour of the United States and released his findings on Friday documenting homelessness, unsafe sanitation and sewage disposal practices, as well as police surveillance, criminalization, and harassment of the poor. The rise in poverty they found, the team found disproportionately affects women of color and people of color in general, but also large swaths of white Americans. The report concluded that the pervasiveness of poverty and inequality are shockingly at odds with the United States' immense wealth and its founding commitment to human rights. Check the article out. And there's one song I want to play before we say goodbye. And... This is for my daughter, Vita, who's been a frequent commentator on this show. De Niña la Mujer. Eras niña de largos silencios y ya me querías bien Tu mirada buscaba la mía, jugabas a ser mujer Pocos años ganados al tiempo, vestidos con otra piel Y mi vida que nada esperaba también te quería bien Te extrañaba ya tanto que al no verte a mi lado ya soñaba con volverte a ver Y entre tanto te estaba inventando de niña mujer Esa niña de largos silencios volaba tan alto que mi mirada quería alcanzarla y no.
no la podía ver La paraba en el tiempo pensando que no debería crecer Pero el tiempo me estaba engañando Mi niña se hacía mujer la quería ya tanto que al partir de mi lado ya sabía que la iba a perder. Y es que el alma le estaba cambiando de niña a mujer. La quería ya tanto que al partir de mi lado ya sabía que la iba a perder. Es que el alma le estaba cambiando de niña a mujer. was for you, Vita. Um, Saturday morning, and we got uh, <clears throat> about 15 minutes to go. This is the Labor and Love Show. As we always tell you, you're not alone unless you're, <clears throat> unless you're sitting down. And if you're sitting down, they're going to count you and say, you stood up for sitting down. Working class history. Got a few articles here on the working class history website. I encourage you to check it out. It's the very best site talking about labor struggles. <clears throat> on this day in 1936, 50 workers at the Flint General Motors plant sat down on Wildcat strike against the forcible transfer of three inspectors who had been ordered to quit the union, but refused. When workers noticed management making preparations to transfer production elsewhere, the mostly nonviolent non-union workforce occupied the plant and defied court injunctions and violent attacks from guards and police, holding out till February when the, country, when the company caved in granted union recognition and the balance of power between workers and bosses was decisively changed. Working class history. On this day, the catcher race riots began in Arkansas. Following a killing of a white woman the previous day, angry white residents gathered and began attacking African Americans 
smashing black people's gravestone and digging up and burning their bodies. A black man was also murdered the next day and two others were subsequently executed, including Charles Rooks. Brings to mind the movie, I've seen a couple movies lately that were very impressive. One of them is called Get Out, which kind of uh, sneaks into your consciousness using a, a horror movie technique but ends up uh, shedding bright light on what it's like to be black in the U.S. And uh, The Shape of Water. Shape of Water is a fable about a love affair and about uh, the battle to save nature and the working people of the world who unite and... uh, are able to, well, go watch the movie. It's a good movie. On this day in 1890, near Wounded Knee Creek in South Dakota, U.S. troops from the 7th Cavalry Regiment massacred over 200 Lakota men, women, and children, many of them unarmed and fleeing, as well as some of their own colleagues. For these brave deeds, over 20 servicemen were awarded the Medal of Honor. The Medal of Honor for machine gunning a captive crowd. (sighs) On this day in 1907, 10,000 households in New York City went on rent strike against rent price hikes. The action was sparked by 16-year-old textile worker Pauline Newman who enlisted 400 other factory worker young women to help persuade other families to join in. Landlords fought back with water shutoffs and revenge evictions, but the families stood firm. And by early January, around 2,000 households won reduced rents. See, all these things are possible. All these things are possible if we are united. Okay, and we read about the uh, massacre at a Christmas party in Calumet, Michigan. Utterly amazing. Okay, before we get to our last tune, the number one most played hit, uh, about some Johnny Cash. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since. I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison, and time keeps.
I'd bet there's rich folks eating in a fancy dining car. They're probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars. Well, I know I had it coming. I know I can't be free. But those people keep a moving, and that's what tortures me. Johnny Cash's classic um, Folsom Prison Blues. This is the B. And uh, we're going to start getting out of here now. It's almost the 12 o'clock hour. The Labor and Love Show, where the labor meets the road. Today in labor history, on December 29th, after years of intensive lobbying, lobbying by organized labor, President Richard Nixon signed the Occupational Safety and Health Act, known as OSHA, an agency of the Department of Labor. In the last 25 years, one representative said, more than 400,000 Americans were killed by work-related jobs. Something like 150 American workers will die today of work-related causes or conditions. If you figure that number worldwide, 3,500 working-class brothers, sisters, and children will die today of work-related conditions. A lot of them are in slave-like atmosphere anyway. This day in labor history from Lawyers, Guns, and Money. On December 25th, 1831, the Baptist Rebellion began in Jamaica. This slave rebellion was up of up to 60,000 people put down over the next couple of weeks also was the final straw that moved the United Kingdom toward outlawing slavery in its colonies. By the early 1830s, the slave system in the British colonies was under attack from a number of fronts. First, there was a large abolitionist movement led by 
William Wilberforce. This is known. This was known to the slaves in the Caribbean. Second, the British religious denominations had engaged in large-scale missions among the slaves in the previous decades. This was less in the hands of individual planners and more concentrated on the missionaries themselves. In the United States, planners kept very tight control over the slaves' religion, with white preachers teaching subservience to the slaves on isolated plantations. British minister Samuel Sharp led the rebellion. So, on the lawyers' guns and money page, this day in labor history, December 25, 1831, by Eric Loomis. So, it's time for us to get to Steppen, and it's time for us to play the most popular song, which is, of course, the Internationale. This is the B saying goodbye and good work. Remember, you're only alone. meets the road. 